and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Happy New Year! We can't believe it's 2020, but we're so excited to see what this new year and new decade bring to the quilting world. On this episode, we're sharing some concrete ways to conquer your UFOs or unfinished objects. We know that finishing quilts is a resolution for many quilters, and we want to help. We also talk about ways to keep accountable on your UFO journey and why handwork is making us happy. We also chat with Katya Merrick. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. So let's dive in. I love the beginning of a new year. It's a fresh start, a time to look back on our accomplishments and struggles of the past year and resolve to be better moving forward. We buy new planners, make lists of resolutions, join groups to help us stay accountable, and even buy products to help us reach our goals. It's an exciting and sometimes stressful time of year. We have the added excitement this year of it being a brand new decade. Research shows that about 60% of us make New Year's resolutions. The top 10 most common resolutions are 1. Diet or eat healthier 2. Exercise more 3. Lose weight 4. Save money and spend less 5. Learn a new skill or hobby 6. Quit smoking 7. Read more 8. Find another job 9. Drink less alcohol 10. Spend more time with family and friends Are any of these resolutions on your list for the year? I know some of them are on mine. While these common resolutions apply to many people, if you're a quilter, you may have some resolutions that are a little more specific to your hobby. The most common one we've heard from our readers is to finish works in progress. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, and lucky you if you are, <laughs> a work in progress, or UFO, which stands for unfinished object, is very common among quilters. Even quilters who have only been quilting a few years may have a few lying around. A UFO or work in progress refers to any project you've started but have stopped making progress on. It's possible you ran out of fabric and had to put the project aside while you tracked down more. You may have lost interest in the project after a few months and pushed it aside for something new and exciting. You may even have got stuck on a step of the project, like quilting or binding, and decided you didn't have the time or energy to continue with it. In fact, we asked our Facebook fans some of the reasons they have UFOs, and here is a few of their answers. Nancy H. says, I have the attention span of a squirrel when it comes to quilts. I get started on a UFO and find four others that need to be finished, plus a dozen different pieces of fabric I want to add to a quilt, two books I've been meaning to read and three magazines. Before I know it, it's time to go to bed. 
Susanna P. says, I hand quilt, so the finished tops outnumber the backs. New quilt designs and patterns keep appearing, so there's more tops for the UFO collection. Brenda H. says, My UFO piles up because I doubt my color choices or my skills. Barb B. says, Figuring out where I left off, especially if I was only cutting my blocks when I put it away and hadn't finished the job. There are a multitude of reasons you may have an unfinished project, and there's no shame. But for many of us, when UFOs start piling up, it can cause some problems. First of all, UFOs take up space in our sewing rooms. You may have them in boxes and bags and sitting on shelves or in closets. That space can start to eat into your fabric storage space and can cause visible clutter. Those unfinished projects can also cause stress or guilt. Have you ever wanted to start a new project, but then remembered the pile of unfinished ones waiting for your attention? Did you ever buy fabric for a project, but haven't even cut into it yet because you stopped working on the quilt? Having a long list of unfinished projects can add extra weight to your quilting to-do list and make you conflicted about where your precious quilting time should be spent. UFOs can also block your creativity. If you're weighed down by all the projects waiting for your attention, you may not feel completely free to start new passion projects, try a new technique, or even join a fun quilt along. Of course we know it's impossible to keep your UFOs from piling up. So many quilters are excited to start new projects or just don't have enough time in the day to finish everything they start. We totally understand. But to help, we created the American Patchwork and Quilting UFO Challenge. We think this challenge will bring renewed energy to the projects that have been sitting around for a while. Our UFO Challenge isn't a new idea. In fact, the year 2020 is our sixth year doing it. We started it back in 2015 after a coworker brought the idea to our staff. We all agreed that the problem she was facing of needing accountability to finish her projects was a universal one among quilters. So we decided to start it as an online challenge with our readers, and it just grew from there. So here's the idea behind our UFO challenge. You want to download our 2020 challenge chart. You can find the chart at the link in our show notes or at allpeoplequilt.com slash resolution. On that list, you'll fill in 12 projects that you want to finish this year. You can choose from any of your UFOs. You can also add projects that have been on your long time to-do list to the list. Embroidery, knitting, crochet, scrapbooking, and painting, basically anything creative, can count toward your list too. While many people only make one list, we've seen quite a few people do multiple lists each year. For example, one list of 12 projects may be those just waiting to be quilted. One list may be for in-progress projects, and other lists may be for charity quilts, blocks of the month, or kits. These are rough rules. We really want to make the challenge work for you, so use these lists however is the most helpful. On the first of each month, we randomly draw a number 1 through 12. That number will correspond with the number on your list and will be the project you work on throughout the month. 
the list has a place for you to fill in the description of where you were in the project before you start. We post this number on our website, on Facebook, and on Instagram. At the end of the month, fill in your progress and post photos for everyone to see. We have an exclusive Facebook group for the challenge that's very supportive. You can find the group at the link in our show notes or search for American Patchwork and Quilting UFO on Facebook. You can also hashtag your pictures on Instagram using the hashtag APQResolution. By the end of the year, you'll have 12 finished projects, or you'll at least have made a significant dent in your stack of UFOs. Over the years, our Facebook group has grown to over 10,000 members. We've seen their amazing progress and finishes on their projects, so we know the challenge works and is inspiring people to not only finish their projects, but also be proud of them. The challenge officially started on January 1st, but it's never too late to join. Before you get started making your list and joining the challenge, we wanted to provide a few more tips for finishing your UFOs. Being accountable is key. Did you know that only 8% of people keep the resolutions they make at the beginning of the year? And I can relate. Last year, I only finished one UFO on my list. Only one. This year, I'm making a promise to myself to finish the quilts on my UFO list. But I need help staying accountable. So here's a few ideas. The first step in tackling your UFOs is to get organized. You won't make progress on your projects if you're constantly searching for fabrics and supplies needed for your UFOs. And you'll lose momentum fast if you can't get out your projects and sew in your free time. Make sure all your UFOs are stored in easy-to-find places and that all fabrics, pieces, tools, and instructions for each project are on hand. Many people who participate in our UFO challenge use the first month to get organized on their projects so they have a smooth ride the rest of the year. Next, set progress goals for each project. We suggest writing them down and hanging them in your sewing room. It can be a larger goal such as finish a quilt by Christmas or smaller steps such as finishing two blocks a week. Make sure your goals are clear and attainable. If you set goals that aren't realistic to your time and life, you'll only be frustrated when you miss the deadlines. Use the buddy system. So you can join our UFO challenge group or form a similar group with your friends, at a local quilt shop, or through your guild. Many of these groups check in monthly on your progress so you feel the pressure and excitement to show off your work to others. The group can also help you work through struggles or give advice on projects so you don't get stuck. For this upcoming year, our staff is doing monthly lunch meetings. So at the beginning of each month, we're hosting a potluck during our lunch hour and then showing off our finished quilt for the month. That gives us something to look forward to, as well as that little extra push to have something to show others. And last, you want to reward yourself. Sometimes a finished quilt isn't all the push you need to complete a project. Try rewarding a finished quilt with a little prize. Maybe it's a fat quarter from the local quilt shop, a meal at a favorite restaurant, or fresh flowers. Looking forward to a treat may help you make progress on a project even when you don't feel like working on it. You may even tell yourself that you can't start a new quilt until you finish the UFO. I personally only have eight UFOs on my list this year. 
I've been doing the challenge each year for the past six years, so I've really cut down on how many I have. My goal this year is to completely finish five of those quilts and make significant progress on the rest. If I chisel away at them year after year and work hard to only add a few unfinished quilts to my collection each year, I'll eventually have an empty UFO list and so much more free time to start projects I'm feeling really excited about. It sounds like a dream, and I know I can get there. So if your resolution is to finish your UFOs this year, I really hope you join me and many of our readers in our UFO challenge. You can visit our show notes for all the details and relevant links. And later in the show, my coworker Doris will share a few ways she's personally staying accountable on finishing her UFOs. We'll be back after this quick ad break. In each issue of American Patchwork and Quilting this year, we have a column called My Most Cherished Quilt, which showcases a cherished quilt from a well-known designer. Our staff wanted to play along as well, so every so often on the podcast, you'll hear one of us tell the story of our most cherished quilt. This week, I have the pleasure of sharing mine. I don't come from a long line of quilters. I sometimes feel envious of people who had parents and grandparents who quilted, and envious of all the beautifully antique quilts passed down to them through generations. I have some people in my family who sew. They made their own garments or their own curtains, but no quilters. A few years into my job as an editor of our quilting magazines, and after I started quilting myself, My aunt gifted me an antique quilt made by my great-great-grandmother. Now I know I just said that I don't have quilters in my family, and that's still true. My grandmother doesn't remember her grandmother ever quilting. No other quilts exist from her and my family, and the one I was gifted was never finished. It's my guess that she started making it to bide her time as she got older, maybe with her fellow church ladies or the women in her neighborhood. Maybe she died before she ever got the chance to finish it, or maybe she didn't like the process and gave up after a certain amount of time. But this quilt means everything to me. Let me describe the quilt to you. It's a small throw size made from basket blocks. The blocks are bright 1930s prints on a cream background. The quilt was hand-pieced. Some places are make-do, especially the background, as tiny scraps were pieced together to form a larger fabric unit in the blocks. It's nothing intricate, and in fact, it's a very common pattern and fabric for that time period. Over the years, the quilt had a sheet sewn to the back of it to help hide the seams, and it was in a house of a smoker, so it was incredibly yellow when it finally came to me. There are places where the blocks have worn thin or have holes, either from moths or unsafe storage over the years. It needs a lot of repairs and a lot of love. Since the quilt has been in my possession, I've carefully washed the quilt a few times in my tub with RetroClean, which is a soap specifically made for antique quilts. The yellow is mostly gone, and it's probably as bright as it will ever be. I've also removed the sheet backing, which revealed rips and deterioration of the borders. Next on my list is to repair the holes and replace the borders with fabric that matches as closely as I can. 
Luckily, there are so many 1930s reproductions on the market now, so I should be able to come close to matching the color. I've let the quilt sit for a long time because I didn't know how to finish it. I didn't want to ruin it or compromise the integrity, but here's what I've learned. The universe gave this quilt to me to finish. It's a work by both my great-great-grandmother and myself. She started it, and it's come to me to finish. Yes, it will have modern fabrics in it, and I may even machine quilt it instead of hand quilt, but it just makes this quilt even more special that we could both give it our best and put our spin on it for a quilt that can be passed down and that has a story to it. I'll post a picture of this quilt on my Instagram for you to see. You can find me at Linz Mayland, L-I-N-D-S-M-A-Y-L-A-N-D. Do you have your own cherished quilt that you want to share? Email your story to us at apqpodcast at meredith.com or use the hashtag mycherishedquilt on Instagram. I'm here with Doris Brunette, the editor of Quilt Sampler for the UFO Challenge, a segment where we address common finishing problems so you can complete your UFOs. So, so it's the first first of the year almost. So uh, yeah. we're all thinking about our UFOs and uh, starting our UFO challenge list once again. I know it never ends. <laughs> so pick those numbers. <laughs> so everybody on the staff also fills out the UFO challenge sheet and um, invite all of you to join our Facebook group and follow along um, there. Uh, it's a very active group and it's a good it's a good group for accountability, I think too. And then if you want questions or opinions on something, it's always a good group to shoot your questions off to, too. They're a very lively, fun group on there. So. Yeah, but sometimes you need something outside of the computer space to keep you accountable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, it, with 2020, we decided to have these monthly lunch meetings we're going to start where um, we share our progress every month on UFOs for our own accountability and to ask for opinions and input from our fellow staff members when we need it. And just a little midday stitching break will be kind of fun too, I think. So um, I'm really looking forward to that and it's going to help me keep on track with my finishes, like sharing something, having one, needing to have something to share every month to I show know. what progress was, I've made. I was actually thinking about this because we haven't done any sort of in-office accountability in a few years, but um, maybe three or four years ago, we had to do monthly videos for our UFO oh, challenge. Yes. And I have never finished so many quilts in my life. <laughs> I was ready when we shot that video for everyone to show my, my progress. When and you know you have yeah, to have something to show, yeah, it and makes then a difference. When there's no video component to our challenge, I was like, oh, well, if I don't finish it, it's not the biggest deal. Yeah. So now that we're back on our lunches, I think I'll yeah, I think that's have a better help. habit. <laughs> well, another fun idea that I participate in myself um, is the local Modern Quilt Guild chapter that I belong to. About six years ago, I think we started doing this and we call it a finish it up challenge. So each January we choose four items, goals for the year really. Um, it doesn't have to be a UFO, but most of them are. Um, it can be a new technique that you wanna try or a project that you've been wanting to do, but you just need the push to get it started. Really, there's a lot of options. It's pretty open. You just have to have a finished product <laughs> at the end of the year. So um, as we finish our goal items on the list, um, we bring them in for show and tell to our monthly meetings. We just make sure that the secretary of the guild keeps track of it all. We let her know that it's one of our finish it up goals. So you get a check mark for that. And then you have until December meeting to finish them up. 
And that's actually a so day, which is a lot of fun too. But And some people finish it up at the so day, uh. so you get credit for it. But for each goal that you did not meet, you owe a fat quarter. Oh my gosh, And for fun. each goal that you do finish, your name is added to the hat to win a pot of fat quarters. So you can have your name added as many as four times. Um, and then whoever's name is drawn gets all the fat quarters. So How it's fun. a lot of fun. It's just like kind of fun competition, but um, it's good motivation to yes. work on those finishes. Have yeah, it's just you, a good way to challenge yourself. Have you won in the yourself. past? I have. I won last year's. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I would say um, the gal that won this uh, in 2019 got more fat quarters than I did. But I would say I probably got about 25 fat quarters or so wow. in the bundle that I won. So um, yeah. It's, That's such a fun it's idea. Good stuff. So yeah, it's a really fun idea. So you could do this with a group of friends, um, you know, just meet with them every other month or every month if you want to at a coffee shop, meet at somebody's home. You can even do it virtually with faraway friends. Um, do it via FaceTime or Skype or even just, you know, messaging back and forth with Instagram or something like that. But the key is finding accountability. That's the important thing. And something to keep yourself going and adding a little fun in the mix always helps. I love it. So we would love to hear your ideas for keeping accountable. Yeah, I'm sure or there's if, lots of good ideas yeah, out there. Yeah, or if you have any of these groups, um, we may need to add a game of component to our (laughs) our monthly lunches. Um, I would love to win some fat quarters. (laughs) Um, But you can email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We would love to know how you're keeping accountable. Now Doris will be doing What We're Loving, a segment where we share the trend, product, or person we're loving right now. So what are you loving, Doris? Handwork. (laughs) (laughs) I always, always turn this direction in the wintertime. Um, I've been working a lot on my EPP in the last month or so, um, English paper piecing. And it's just when you want to sit in a comfy chair underneath a quilt, maybe, you know, do something with your hands with a cup of tea sitting next to you rather than sitting at your sewing machine. It's just, I always turn that direction in the (laughs) wintertime. And uh, we just wrapped up a special interest publication focused on handwork. Uh, It's called Handwork Happiness. It goes on sale January 31st, and it will be on newsstands wherever you find our other quilting magazines. Um, The issue includes projects for hand embroidery, EPP, cross stitch, hand applique, wool applique, hand quilting, big stitch quilting. There's really something for every crafter in there. Um, It also has a focus on the health benefits of slowing down, creating with your hands, and just being mindful of the process. It's a beautiful issue. It's the first all-handwork magazine that we've published, and I really hope that you pick up a copy and enjoy a little hand-stitching for yourself. I love it. It's a very beautiful publication. I've got to see it, and I think everyone will really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, what what handwork are you working on now, Doris? Do you have a project in the works? Um, I'm working on uh, blocks for the Tula Pink Nova quilt. Oh, the name yes. of the quilt. So we'll see. I've, uh, I have <laughs> friends that have done it that have whipped right through it and got the whole really? quilt done quickly. Oh, but, gosh. I think um, it would take me years. Mine's definitely a slow process. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, perfect. Thanks, Doris. Thank you. We'll be back after this quick ad break. Welcome to Getting Social. Late last year, Jody Sanders, the editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, had a chat with Katya Merrick. Katya is a very talented quilter, English paper piecer, teacher, author, and quilt shop owner. In fact, Katya's quilt shop was featured as a top shop in our quilt sampler magazine in fall of 2008. Katya is well known for her hexagon and Dresden plate projects. 
Her book, The New Hexagon, was the number one selling title for Martingale in 2015, which has since introduced her innovative and stunning designs to a huge community of English paper piecers. Her latest book, The New Hexagon 2, just came out in November, and the quilt along for the book begins this month. Jody even has a block named after her in the new book, which is such an honor. In their Q&A, Katya talks about her start on the hexagon journey and the inspiration for her popular books and quilt-alongs. Just a reminder that we recorded this interview last month, so Katya's Reflections quilt-along starts this year, not next year, as was said in the podcast. Enjoy! This is Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and today I have with me Katja Merrick, and Katja is an author, and she also has a quilt sampler shop in Canada, and we're going to talk today about book publishing and quilt alongs and a new book that she has out. So welcome. Hi, Jody. I'm glad you're having me on. So first of all, let's talk about um, maybe how I got introduced to you, and that was through your first book for Martingale, and that was called The New Hexagon. Why don't you tell, um, for folks that maybe don't know a little bit about uh, that book and how that book came to be. Back in my, let's start with, I own a shop, and I've had a shop now for 20 years. And back in about 2007, I got seriously, seriously addicted to the idea of hexagons and using hexagons as a block in a quilt as opposed to a unit. So I drafted a bunch of blocks on, um, on paper and decided that wasn't a pro- professional enough look. Decided I needed to learn to use the computer for my designing. Uh, learned how to use EQ to design my blocks and uh, came up with a series of 52 blocks, which I decided to introduce to my customers as a block a week hexathon. I charged my customers a basic commitment fee that covered the, um, uh, basically our printing. Um, So it covered all of my costs, and if they came in the week the block was offered, they never had to pay again. If they didn't come in the week the block was offered, they had to pay me a 50 cent penalty. And over the course of the year, those 50 cent penalties added up to $1,350, which we donated to our local hospice. And um, a friend of mine came in during the course of that year and asked me how far spread my quilt along had become. And I said, well, you know, I have this many people in this many places. And she said, I don't know why you don't just write a book. So I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I can write a book. I've never done that before. But the seed was firmly planted in my head. And uh, I worked very hard on a presentation, which I sent off to Martingale. I shipped it off at the end of July and, you know, read their little things that they have online that say it's going to take us at least three months to go over your proposal. Please be patient. A couple of weeks later, I got an email from the acquisitions editor at the time, Karen Burns, and it basically started out and it said, wow. So I was pretty pleased with their reaction. And uh, by the end of September, or before the end of September of that year, I had a contract in place and knew that my book would be coming out sometime in 2014. So that first book had 52 hexagon blocks. Yes, it had 52 three-inch hexagon blocks. And during the course of writing that book, I decided to name those blocks um, with women's names. I've always been um, really grateful um, for the amount of support I get from women around me. 
Our women is, I would say, 90 to 95% female-based, and most of my customers are obviously women. And I'm really grateful that their support has allowed me to do what I love um, every single day of my life. So I decided to take 52 of the women that had been most faithful to the program that I ran that year and give those blocks those women's names. And so that first uh, book came out, and tell us a little bit, um, after the book came out, um, there were more things that came after that, right? Yes, in uh, 2016, well, I talked to Martin Gale about a few different ideas I had, and in 2016, we came out with the new Hexagon Perpetual Calendar, another 366 fractured hexagon blocks. All of my blocks are three inches along the edge, so they all fit together. You can use um, everything in combination. Later on that year, Martingale also put out a coloring book based on the blocks out of the calendar. In 2017, my mom and I had done a, several river cruises in Germany, and one of them stopped in Dresden and, um, and Meissen, which is very close by. And we went to the Meissen porcelain factory, and I had a good look at the china that the Dresden plate block is named for and wondered why a Dresden plate always had 20 18-degree petals. Why was it always restricted to that one breakdown. I decided that since the um, China was so much more diverse than that, I decided to come up with some Dresden plate blocks which combine different angles and uh, different combinations of angles and wedges and different centers other than the normal circle um, that you put in the center of the Dresden plate and came out with 26 blocks of um, varying Dresden plate blocks. So that was the Distinctive Dresden's block, which came, oh, book which came out in September of 2017. After that, well, you know, and more ideas went through my head and Martin, I, Martin Gale and I started talking again and we decided it was time for a follow-up to the new Hexagon. So the new Hexagon 2 is releasing November of 2019 and it contains another 52 fractured hexagon blocks. But this time we've included two different size blocks, 14 12 inch blocks or six inch hexagons and 38 six inch blocks or three inch hexagons. And one of the things that I love about um, the blocks that you're doing as well is that you can certainly um, use the templates and or make templates based on the patterns in the book. But there's also an opportunity. Um, you've worked with paper pieces, and that's a company that creates um, the pieces of the exact sizes. Um, they're paper, and you can do it with English paper piecing. And I love that because I can already buy the papers pre-cut. And the other thing is you've also come out with some templates for those pieces as well. So if people want to kind of fussy cut, put that plastic template down on their fabric, trace around it and do some fussy cutting, they can do that as well. Yes, one of the best things I think I ever did was to partner up with paper pieces very early on. Um, I approached them just before the release of the new hexagon and said, you know, would you make papers for me and uh, would you package them up uh, for the book? And then very shortly after I came, I came along with the idea of, hey, I'm going to do an online quilt along and everything I've done since then, paper pieces has created my shapes. 
Every time I come up with a new idea, uh, for example, last year, my online quilt along contained a machine piecing component. I decided to show people, because I had been asked so often, uh, whether or not the hexagons could be pieced by machine. I decided to give people that option and did a monthly photo step out showing how they could piece one of the blocks by machine. And Paper Pieces created quarter inch window acrylics for me to make that easy. And um, I'm most familiar, I guess, with the English paper piecing method to make the blocks, but I think certainly the blocks could be made hand piecing, right? They can be hand pieced, they can be English paper pieced, um, they can be machine pieced, yes, but really it's the English paper piecer that uh, is out there doing my designs, looking for my designs, and um, also giving me the inspiration to design new things. And I think one of the things I love, too, is that no matter if you are a modern quilter or if you're somebody who likes traditional fabrics, these designs are fabulous for whatever kinds of fabric that you love to work with. Um, they're very versatile, and anything that you like in terms of fabric, you can certainly use with these blocks. Um, and again, I think everybody, uh, if, you, if you haven't seen the first book or one of the calendars, um, as Katja mentioned, she's got another book that's being released very soon and so there's a great opportunity to uh, mix and match those blocks and I'm looking forward to doing that as well and I appreciate the fact that you've made them the same size and so we're able to do that. It was also fun to hear about how you kind of branched out a little bit too to be able to do the distinctive Dresden's book. Um, That was another really cool way I think to look at a Dresden plate in maybe a less traditional way than we're used to. You mentioned about the quilt alongs a little bit. Can you, I think you've done five or six of them now, can you maybe talk about those a little bit? Yes, um, when the book was coming out I had obviously great hopes. Um, You know, this was my first book. I thought, oh I hope it does well. Um, And being the person I am, I decided that um, To thank all the people who had purchased my first book, I was going to give them something extra that they could do with the book. And that summer I had received a K-facet fabric called Millefiori. And I loved the nature of the designs on the fabric and I thought, wow, I'd really love to do something like that in fabric. But I didn't just want to do it in fabric, I wanted to do it out of my hexagon blocks. So I proceeded to design um, what I called um, overlapping circles, sort of like throwing pebbles into a pond and watching the circles overlap. Drew it out on a hexagon grid and assigned blocks and then created flow within those rosettes um, by combinations of blocks out of my book. So the new hexagon Millefiori quilt along started in January of 2015 and it just skyrocketed. it went over the course of a year and it was fabulous. It's, it spurred on two shows, uh, one at Chicago Quilt Festival and one at the Texas Quilt Museum last year. And um, it's still, it still keeps going on. Um, over time, I've had about 13,500 people um, join in on that in my Facebook group and um, it's incredible to watch. So I was approaching the end of that first year and uh, Martin Gale contacted me and said, so what are you doing next year for a quilt along? And I thought, next year? What do you mean next year? Um, so I came, out with a, came up with a concept of something very simple um, called Blocks on the Go for Quilts on the Grow. I decided to take each of the hexagon blocks and I blew them up to four inches along the edge. So really I just made them 133% bigger paper pieces again made the papers for me 
made each of the blocks and then I created what I called a little quiltlet. I encased the batting inside a what would turn into the backing and the sashing, appliqued the block on top, quilted it, and every time I was finished with one of those blocks, I was done. If I never wanted to do another block again, I was still finished. If people wanted to make three blocks, they could join them together and have a little table topper. If they wanted to make ten blocks, for example, I created, um, I included an extra pattern for a tote bag they could make out of ten of the blocks. In the long run, it created a lap size quilt uh, containing each of the 52 blocks out of the first book. And uh, it was a huge success as well, even though the concept for me was fairly simple. Then the calendar came out in 2016, so for 2017 I did a quilt along called Perpetually Hexy, since it was based on the new Hexagon Perpetual calendar. I did 12 wreath style blocks and included a few extra pieces uh, for a little bit of sparkle around the edges and uh, that was all set on a dark grey triangle background. 2017 would have been um, Rainy Days and Sundays, which was based on distinctive Dresdens. It was a combination quilt along of two quilts, a large bed-sized quilt called Rainy Day Umbrellas and a wall quilt to match called Sunday Parasols. And um, basically you made the, um, the blocks out of the distinctive Dresden book. I've give, I gave some extra instructions that year to pre-piece some of the wedges within some of those um, Dresden plate blocks for something I called advanced pre-piecing. It gave them another 3D dimension and added a little bit more sparkle to it. I set both of those quilts onto a background of what I call the city scene, all the way from sky down to the city scene with bicycles and cars and buildings and people and um, quilted them completely differently. The rainy day umbrellas was quilted with raindrops um, streaming down three inches apart and the Sunday parasols was quilted as though a sun was radiating across the, um, the whole body of the quilt. Uh, and then 2019 I decided, since I didn't have a new publication that year, I decided to combine blocks from the new hexagon book and the new hexagon perpetual calendar. I combined them into what I called star rosettes. They were, they were a series of interlocking stars with the rosette style, millefiori style effect to them. And um, that's called Millie Stars. So that ran throughout um, 2019. Now, uh, as I said previously, I had so many people asking about machine piecing that that year I decided to do a photo step out so that those machine piecers out there who wanted to could sew this quilt by machine but it is still obviously possible to do by English paper piecing and most of my followers are avid tried and true English paper piecers and of course with a new book coming out this year there will be a new quilt along next year um, next year's quilt along is called reflections it's basically a big star created out of diamonds which uses the blocks out of the new hexagon too the thing that's different about it, and the, hence the name, each of the inner six star sections, each of the inner six um, diamonds, I suppose you'd say, reflect both left to right and top to bottom um, by the use of the blocks within the book. And each of the six smaller outside diamond sections uh, reflect left to right. 
for me, it's also a reflection of my life contained within each of the um, colored sections of the star. And the subtle nuances of shades and values within each of the diamonds, to me, is a reflection of the landscape as you see it in the water. So the quilt and longs that you've done, obviously you've had a lot of followers doing that. Um, why don't you tell folks what your website is? So if they kind of want to see that and also maybe talk about your Facebook group that you have. Yes, um, I post all of my free information, free downloads on my uh, store website, which is katjasquiltshop.com. That's K-A-T-J-A-S-Q-U-I-L-T-S-H-O-P-P-E. Um, you'll find all of those things under the Quilt Alongs tab. If you look on the left-hand side, it'll give you the different options of the different Quilt Alongs. There's also um, a section under there for what I call Perpetual Calendar Projects because I've also done a few idea sheets. They're not full-fledged patterns, but they're idea sheets for other things that you can do with the hexagon blocks. For example, a soccer ball, a table runner, a couple of wall quilts, and um, things like that. So it's worth investigating. Very, very early on um, when the new Hexagon Millefiori was just starting, I think it was January 1st or 2nd of 2015, I had people contacting me to say, please, 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 can we have a Facebook group? And I thought that would be a lot of work. Realized very quickly it was um, not a lot of work to open a Facebook group. It's just a lot of work for me to maintain it. But... Um, Within 24 hours of uh, starting that group, I had my first 384 members. Um, over the years, we've amassed 13,500 members, approximately. After the new Hexagon Millefiori um, finished, or the, when that year ended, I started a second Facebook group because I wasn't able to change the name of that group anymore. So for that and all future quilt-alongs, I started Katya Marek's Quilt With Me. And um, so that was my group moving forward with new designs, although posts are interchangeable between the two groups. I'm not sure I figured out yet if I can combine them or how to combine them, but for now, that's the way it is. Well, if anybody wants to see more of her work and design ideas, make sure you check out the website and um, also all the books that she has. You can take a look at those on Martin Gale's website. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we loved Jody's conversation with Katya. Katya is such a force in the quilting world and is creating the most beautiful designs. You can stay in touch with Katya on Instagram at Katya underscore Merrick. That's K-A-T-J-A underscore M-A-R-E-K. And visit her blog at Katya's Quilt Shop. That's shop with two P's and an E dot com. We'll link to all of Katya's books and quilt alongs in our show notes so that you can join in. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Happy New Year, Happy New Decade, and just a reminder uh, to leave a review and a comment if you love this podcast, especially now at the beginning of the year when a lot of people are uh, looking to in get involved in more podcasts and searching for new ones. Your reviews and your ratings really help people find us, and we, of course, love to read reviews on our shows and always like to send those people a little gift as a thank you, so we would really appreciate your review.
all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. Thank you.